This is a beautiful world. I'm Heather McElhatton, and this is A Beautiful World, bringing you solutions journalism from around the globe. I've been in the healthcare industry for a very long time, 20 plus years, and I've seen millions and millions of dollars spent on programs to inspire people to take better care of themselves. Not much is working. And so my hope is that using a metaphor between art and anatomy will inspire people to treat themselves like the art that we are. Dr. Arkel Giorgio is a doctor, an educator, a consultant, and the former chief medical officer of United Healthcare. She's dedicated her entire career to making people healthier and to understanding how the human body works. She wants to share the biggest discovery she's made during her mission, and it's not your typical medical advice. She wants us to understand that we are living works of art. In my first year of anatomy at Johns Hopkins, we of course had the classic course where you have your cadaver, which is a very pasty, dry human body that you have to dissect. It was not a pleasant experience, and it wasn't particularly beautiful, to be honest. About a year later, I started entering my clinical rotations and entered the operating room and saw what living tissues look like. They're red, and they glisten. They slide against each other. How they work with each other and how they're connected is striking. It's absolutely Beautiful. I mean, it made me appreciate for the first time how beautiful the human body is. And when I was sharing with some colleagues that the body is just the most amazing piece of art, someone said back to me, well, but we don't treat ourselves like pieces of art. And it was at that moment that I decided that it would be wonderful to have a metaphor and maybe inspire people to treat themselves like art. Giorgio discovered the connection between art and anatomy starts as early as childhood. Well, let's start with a figure that every individual knows from the age of three on up into their adulthood, which is a heart shape, a Valentine heart shape. All of us know how to draw that. All of us know what it symbolizes. But what many of us don't know is that simple artistic shape actually reflects the anatomy of the heart. The top portion of the heart represents the top two chambers of the heart, the right atrium and the left atrium. And then the bottom vertex, the point of the Valentine heart, is really the combination of the ventricles, the right ventricle and the left ventricle, that push blood out into the lungs and into the rest of the body. She says the human heart quickly correlates to many different artistic mediums, especially music. The characteristic of Beethoven's music that makes it so amazing is that it's a discordant rhythm. It's extremely irregular, and that's what makes it so interesting. A little medical history about Beethoven. Number one, he was deaf. And number two, he was an alcoholic. And alcoholics can develop what's called a cardiomyopathy, an enlarged heart, which develops into an irregular heart rhythm. There have been lots of researchers that have looked at Beethoven's music and identified that the discordant rhythms, the arrhythmia in his music that makes it so beautiful, looks like the EKG rhythm 
of the heart of somebody who has an arrhythmia. And we were able to play some of Beethoven's pieces and look at an EKG and see how there's huge overlap. Beethoven's music was truly heartfelt. Routinely surprised by the intricate connections she finds between art and anatomy, Dr. Giorgio has found art even in the very air we breathe. The, the lungs in art are really represented beautifully in Gustav Klimt's The Tree of Life. It's done in gold, it's big swirls, and there's a huge trunk in the middle. And if you look at the anatomy of the pulmonary system, the lungs, you have the airway, the bronchus, that trunk, and then it, the airways begin to get smaller and smaller into what we call alveoli, where gas exchange takes place with the blood. And if you look at it, it looks like big swirls and beautiful clusters of grapes. And so the comparison is not hard to see when you see both of them side by side. She says one work of art that particularly stunned her with its anatomical accuracy is the creation of Adam, a fresco painted on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in the early 16th century by Michelangelo. There, God and Adam reach out towards each other, their fingertips almost touching, but not quite. The piece of art that has truly taken my breath away is the creation of Adam by Michelangelo, which is on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, of course. And God and Adam are facing each other with their fingers not quite touching. So what does this represent? Well, first of all, if you take God out of the picture and just look at the shroud behind him or her, that is exactly the shape of the human brain. So that's a major aha moment. But more than that, when God and Adam are almost touching, that is exactly what two nerves look like when they are communicating. Some of us may think that nerves touch in order to communicate, but actually nerves never touch each other. They communicate through a space and they shoot neurochemicals for that space in order to communicate. That is exactly what this drawing depicts. What I think is really amazing about the creation of Adam is that how did he know that there was a synapse and not end-to-end communication between two nerves? Because they didn't have the microscopes, they didn't have the neuroanatomy, um, the microscopic anatomy at the time. How did he know? Was it coincidence Was it brilliance or was it some sort of divine inspiration? I'm not sure, but it's fun to contemplate. Zooming down from the Sistine Chapel and looking through a microscope, Giorgio has found evidence of art emulating anatomy even on a microscopic level. Most people are familiar with Monet's Water Lily series. Those beautiful, brilliant blues and turquoises and different shades of green all swirling together in his impressionistic classic style, of course. I identified an electron micrograph of the pancreas where they had stained the pancreas and the islet cells. And those, when they were stained, looked exactly like Monet's water lilies. What's interesting about that is that Monet is well known to have had cataracts. And cataracts are what 
possibly created the blurriness in his vision that allowed him to create the beautiful impressionistic paintings that he did. The next piece has not been documented, but it is well known that cataracts are commonly caused by diabetes. Diabetes is a malfunction of the pancreas. In her art and anatomy class, Dr. Giorgio explains to her students that people who abuse their bodies with caffeine, alcohol, and excess fat do so because they can't see the works of art inside them. And to illustrate this point, she stands in front of her class next to a large framed painting, a reproduction of Picasso, and she throws a cup of coffee on the painting, then pours a glass of wine on it before finally lighting a cigarette and grinding it out on the canvas. I heard some squirms in your seats when I poured wine on this painting. How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel that I destroyed that painting? You probably think, well, she's probably gone totally nuts. Um, but actually, that is what we do to ourselves every single day. Every time we douse our liver with too much alcohol, every time we put or think that it's okay to have this extra layer of fat on our body. And for those of us, the 16% of us who choose to smoke, putting that colorless but toxic resin, just like varnish, into our lungs that clogs every single pore that we have. Why do we do that to ourselves? Why don't we see ourselves as a beautiful piece of art. Sometimes I think that we don't appreciate the transientness of our body. We think that our body's always going to be there. It's going to never let us down. And it's indestructible. But in fact, it isn't indestructible. So we take advantage of ourselves. Uh, sometimes, like we take advantage of relationships, we think that someone will always be there for us until they aren't. So how do we get our bodies to stick around? Dr. Giorgio suggests we return to the classics. You know, I don't think that there's one formula for everyone with respect to how to take better care of ourselves, our own piece of art. But I was really inspired when I was in Greece at the place where Asclepius, the first surgeon, had the hospital and the area where they took care of, of people there. It was in the northern area of the mainland of Greece. And there were four things that they built out in those ancient times. There was diet, there was a gymnasium for exercise, there were baths for hygiene, and there were beds to sleep. And I think that if we keep those four things in mind and in moderation, we can all be a little bit healthier. She admits it's not easy to improve your health, but promises that no matter what your work of art or your body currently looks like or how it functions, there is hope because bodies, like works of art, can be restored. One of Picasso's paintings is called Le Reve, which means the dream. It was painted by Picasso in 1932. And in 2001, it was purchased by Steve Wynn, the Las Vegas casino guy. He bought it for about $60 million. And in 2006, Steve Wynn negotiated to sell Le Reve for an astounding $139 million. The deal was set, and the night before, he transferred that art asset. He had a few prominent friends over, including Barbara Walters, and he was showing them the painting, maybe showing off in front of the painting. 
And somehow he accidentally poked his elbow through the painting and created a six-inch hole. The sale was, of course, off. The painting was destroyed, and it took $90,000 to repair it. The assessed value of the painting, even though it was repaired, plummeted to $85 million. So Steve Wynn and his wife took it as a message that they should keep Larev, they should hold on to it in their home and take care of it and honor it. And in 2010, Steve Wynn sold Larev for $155 million. So much more money than the original sale price. And the message is that just as art can be restored, we too can be restored. But we have to make an effort to make it happen. Dr. Arkel Giorgio believes you are a walking work of art. And if you could only see inside yourself, you'd understand what an incredible, irreplaceable treasure your body really is. It deserves attention and requires care, and also sometimes the occasional unplanned repair. I'm Heather McElhatton, and this is A Beautiful World. My idea of a beautiful world is that we all love ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, professionally. All the different dimensions that we are, we should love ourselves. Then we need to take the action that it requires to take care of ourselves, to treat ourselves like the art that we are. <laughs>